With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual Selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be with Simon Puleo, who is Global Enablement Director at Aurora Solar. Uh, my ex- It's always difficult with my accent. And you had a, a long career in enablement before with HP, with uh, Microfocus, with Contrast Security. Uh, and we will discuss about that uh, first. But please, uh, sure. I'll let you introduce yourself and Aurora. Sure. Thanks, Gabriel. Uh, my name is Simon Puglio, and I manage the enablement function at Aurora Solar, uh, where uh, at Aurora we provide solar to uh, retail and commercial providers, uh, and we provide artificial intelligence as well as um, maps that help them create these designs to actually place the panels. Uh, we also provide estimates on energy usage per homes and businesses. Uh, it's a it's a growing field. It's growing really quickly as the industry is adopting software over going on site and actually doing these estimates. So it's it's moving really fast. Um, like Gabriel mentioned, I've been in enablement for most of my career in financial services and technology, uh, in insurance, even at a few startups. Uh, and I really enjoy my work working with sales reps um, and sales leaders and marketing professionals. Even uh, before uh, enablement was enablement, by the way. It's true. It's true. I, that's interesting you brought that up before it was enablement. For me, it was called sales training. And I worked in a sales training department at UBS. It was called professional development. And really, um, the word enablement first came around in about 2009 at HP uh, when the integration of Mercury happened. And a lot of the people I work with coined that term, the idea of being ready for the sale, being ready for the discussions instead of just training, which is a one-time event. And that's Mm. really where the differentiation lies for me is that it's about readiness, Um, readiness through lots of different channels and training is part of that overall readiness package. And what are the other channels that are part of this readiness? uh, Sure. I mean, it could be the assets that help sellers sell. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be knowing the right people within the organization, your SEs, your CSMs, the different uh, roles that you might work with. Um, It could be uh, readiness in formal training, like I'm training you live today on the pitch or even informal training using tools like Chorus or others where reps can practice delivering their pitch before they actually meet with customers. Great. What are the difference in terms of enablement between large organizations like HP you have worked with and 
more younger organization like Aurora? Sure. I mean, for me, it really, there's really twofold. One, the amount of activities uh, that any individual enablement person like myself has to perform and to some of the activities themselves. I mean, at a large organization like HP, I, at one point I was on a staff of a hundred different enablement people. So I would take on a role of maybe a trainer or working with product marketing while other people would do the coordination, the um, LMS database reporting, um, the overall strategy. So there was just like, many people involved where at Aurora, every single enablement person, there's there's three for a staff of 300. So everybody has to really take on a role of strategy uh, and tactics and be involved in both explaining the overarching plan for that enablement program, but as well as running the webinar, setting up the assets, working with marketing and working directly with reps. So it's a, it's a lot more hands-on, I would say, is the biggest difference for me. And in terms of programs that you prepare for, for the sales team, the, the program are different also? Um, you know, structurally, I think the programs are very, are very similar um, because the way I look at it from kind of an instructional design perspective and meeting with um, sales stakeholders perspective is that they all look, they all have a similar flow. There's an analysis phase. What is the outcome of this training or enablement effort? There's the design before we go into implementation and the development. You know, what kind of workbooks, what kind of assets in the tool like Seismic might we need? What kind of decks do we need? There's the implementation when we actually roll it out to reps. And then last, there's the ongoing evaluation of that program. Um, you know, I think, I think the programs look similar. I think it's just, um, probably I would say the biggest difference is I can roll out a program in a matter of weeks to days at a company like Aurora and the same program I may take up to two to three months to roll out at a company like HP or Microfocus. Okay, that's for sure. And also within the program, the way you deal on large accounts, I believe it are very different from smaller accounts. Right. I mean, the biggest difference from like an HP or a micro focus size organization is that they're working with stakeholders that have a very large band of both above the line and below the line uh, members from the customers. So there may be um, a CIO, a procurement professional, a security director, an IT director, a compliance director. Uh, some of these deals that an HP or Microfocus may have to go all the way to the, to the CEO for approval if they're large enough. So there are all these different factors that reps have to deal with when dealing with larger organizations. And typically at Aurora, most of the organizations we deal with are smaller. So there will be a champion, maybe an owner, and maybe one or two other person, people actually making a decision on the Aurora solution. So a lot of it is helping reps understand uh, the different personas that they're going to be working with, and then what specific questions they need to be asking to understand and uncover the real value that Aurora can deliver. Okay, and, and so you designed your program uh, 
understanding the, the, the difference in, inside the customers. When we first have discussion, you tell me about different type of program, certification program, uh, new IR program, um, training programs. What is the difference of all those programs? Well, I, I think the difference for me has just been what has happened, like you mentioned with virtual selling, over the last two to three years. Um, when I did a new hire program or a certification program at Hewlett Packard or Microfocus, it was really the logistics of coordinating everybody to come together in a location to train on that product update or train on that new methodology in a face-to-face -face environment over two to three days, typically. That was very common for me to fly anywhere in the world and do a workshop like that at Microfocus, for example, where at Aurora and even in contrast and over the last two years, that same type of program that would have been taught in a two to three day instructor-led training is now trained in maybe two weeks over multiple hours using Zoom sessions, using learning management systems and using assets. It's still the same content, uh, a different format, um, a different rigor. Uh, I currently use Lessonly to certify people and it's not only an assessment where uh, a formative assessment in terms of somebody you know, working through multiple choice questions, but then, then also a summative assessment where they meet with me um, individually to demonstrate that they understand the pitch or they understand the product. Okay, so the sales have evolved using Zoom, but the sales training also has evolved a lot with Zoom and all the virtual sales development, in fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really interesting. That's, uh, and um, do, do you think it's more efficient to, to have those programs within yeah, two weeks? I would say. I would say it's still to be debated, uh, you know, since I've gone through this transition, I, I definitely see um, a higher connection with sales process when you meet with people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, there's really something about knowledge transfer when people are together in a room for more than three or four hours, they begin to indoctrinate that within them. Um, whereas with virtual training, I feel like the time frame for impact is sometimes longer, actually. Just because I roll out a certification program this week, it doesn't necessarily that mean that reps will be using the assets and using um, the new material the next week. It's more of like, I have to check in um, on that next week and I have to create programs that span over time. The, the latest certification program that I put in place is about four weeks for reps to go through all the material and then meet with me to be certified. Whereas um, if I were to do this in an instructor-led fashion, the program would probably be three days um, mm. of intensive training and then maybe an hour or two of follow-up. So it is quite different. But, but at the end, is it more efficient to do it on four months and virtual rather than three Three days. Yeah, I really think it depends on the customer's time frame. I, I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, yes, it's more efficient because it is easier to replicate uh, with the online and virtual training. Because if we have somebody, which we had yesterday, somebody late join, 
they can now join the certification program even and in the case of the instructor led they would have missed that altogether mm. they would have never been able to have been there so uh it's certainly nice from that perspective and it's certainly nice from being able to update content uh regularly from a virtual perspective uh, yes for convenience it's very clear but um also the fact of learning on a longer period to take time to train and to test and to go back to the content and to go back to the training uh, does that uh, does it, it has an impact on the yeah uh, I, I think it has an impact on the bottom line because i'm able to run well one i'm able to run reports to see that everybody can do it uh two i feel like um i can check in using tools like like chorus to see if they're actually uh, performing and discussing new products, as as I mentioned. So, I mean, you could argue that the impact is greater because I have more more visibility mm. into the process. Whereas, um, you know, pre pre pandemic, while I would do an instructor led training, I would not not necessarily check in on someone's actual performance. Um, and you know, we really are making this shift now to a performance-based culture for, for sales, where we're not only able to see what they're doing in Salesforce, but we're able to see what they're doing actually in their meetings. Yeah, during our introductory call, you discussed also about the fact that you already use card and decks uh, to train your time, uh, your team into cybersecurity. That, that interests me a lot uh, <laughs> because of the product sales deck I'm launching. Uh, yeah. Could you share a bit of this experience? Sure. Well, in cybersecurity, there's something called the, the kill chain, which is the way an attack happens or progresses. Um, and in that particular um, way that an attack progresses, it's very important that sales reps understand each step of an attack lifecycle so that they can have intelligent um, discussions with their customers about where there are vulnerabilities within their networks or within their infrastructure. And I used a, a card game that I worked with another vendor to create to help teach the reps at each phase of the cybersecurity kill chain what different types of attacks can happen and how attackers can um, move and then how customers can develop systems or processes to stop those movements of of attackers. Um, and it was, it was very successful because it really gave reps a way to relate to that process of the kill chain um, while being involved in a game-like setting. And oh, they were using it, it was only for role play during training or they were using it also during meetings uh, or to for prepare the meetings? For this particular one, it was just for role play in training. Um, at the same time, I have seen, there's something called an attack simulation that customers will do. And I have seen games and card games used for attack simulations as well with customers to help customers understand um, the level of depth within cybersecurity in particular. Okay, great. Do you have some other points you want to share about the, the way uh, sales enablement has evolved these last years? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we are having higher adoption now of virtual training and virtual sales enablement more than ever. I think pre-pandemic, the role of the learning management system or the kind of seismic asset system, systems like Chorus um, or Gong, I think systems like that were seen as secondary were seen as, as part of like first line sales, BDR type, SDR, first call. Those, those systems were designed specifically for kind of lower level sales reps. But as time goes on, I'm seeing more adoption by, of these types of systems by higher performing reps. Yeah, it's very interesting. Fact, um, at, at Aurora, I've seen that a few of the higher performing reps have higher completion rates and understand how to use these tools to educate themselves and educate their, their, their customers more, um, more, even more than some of the, the first line BDR reps, because they're understanding that education and knowledge is, is the future of how I'm going to position to my customer. And they're hungry for that. I think that's a big change we're seeing now. Oh, do they use it, the high performers? That's the first time that yeah. I'm hearing that. Yeah, they, they do at Aurora. And I, I, I have not seen that before. And what do they do? Focus, uh, when I were to microfocus or um, HP, high performers, they would never access a learning management system. They may not even bother using Chorus because they don't see, they see it as an invasion of what they already know. And they just want to meet with their customer and have like a very one-on-one -on -one relationship. But I think that's changing and that the true high performers that will come out in the next generation of sellers will adopt these tools and use them uh, much like Luke Skywalker and C-3PO and R2-D2, you know, he needs his artificial intelligence. He needs his robots to, to get by. I, I think that every sales rep is going to take advantage of all those tools um, that they are presented in a virtual world to continue their sales. That's great. And that's a great conclusion because I truly think that you, you can really empower salespeople and even the top performer and not only the low performers. That's really, uh, yeah. really interesting. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, thanks, Gabriel. <laughs> this episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedbacks. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episode. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness, enables remote management, and vamps sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prepped customer meetings. Thanks a lot, Simon. It was really interesting. Thank you. Thanks you, Gabrielle.